Jess Corcoran. And I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While Nine to Fiving podcast. Everybody, welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. Whoop, whoop. Um, this is like a really exciting one for us because this week we've got a special guest. So we're talking to Ferdas Patel a bit later on in our article discussion section, and we're chatting all about being a Muslim woman, about Eid, Ramadan. Um, so hopefully there'll be lots of learnings from that. But first of all, we'll kick off the way we normally do with our weekly wins. So, Laura, tell me some of your weekly wins. So this week or so, well, actually, last weekend, I um I was back in Liverpool. I'm back in Liverpool and everything seems to say, but I went something out last, last night. night. Changed, changed little, little boyfriend. Wow, that's a long time. It was a long time. I mean, my hair was like nearly on my bum, and it has never been that long. Wow. Which was, I mean, such a first world problem, but like. I know. It is frustrating, though, isn't it? When your hair is just in your way. I get you. But the thing is, as well, is like, because my hair is quite thick in particular, like, when it gets that long, it just gets really heavy. So it's just straight. And that's boring. And I'm not a boring person. I like having fun hair because I'm fun. You so. sound like you're drunk, Lord. <laughs> I don't care if I'm having the most pathetic rant right now, but I like fun hair and I didn't have fun hair. But I I get you. Um, you. And then also, I got to go to Jessie. That was um, fun. Yeah, she put on, well, she, you, um, put on the cutest brunch um, in the world. We had like bacon bagels and croissants, and it was just delicious. Um, oh, and we had oh, what did we have a mimosa as well, didn't we? We had mimosa, yeah, yeah. So good. And then after I saw you, I went to see my friend, and I picked up my bridesmaid dress for her wedding in How August. How exciting! That's so, so nice. Exciting. And so nice that weddings are back on for people because it's been such a horrible time, hasn't it? Well, this is the whole thing, like so. It's it's incredible that they can just do it because they booked for that time. Like they haven't had to change their date or anything like that. So oh, it's amazing. amazing. It's all sorted out. Um, and it's just really lovely as well because like both the bride and the groom are incredibly good friends of mine, and we've mm-hmm. like I've been their official third wheel since we were like fifteen. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> they are like literally whenever I talk about men and stuff like that, they have to vet him and be like, he's allowed to be on the porch when we're. I eight. love it. Have you seen How I Met Your Mother? No, no, so I don't like American funny things that aren't funny. But no, basically in that, there's like a couple who've been together since college. So they're like mm-hmm. the long distance, like the long time couple. And then they're mates with Ted, who's the forever single person. But every time he meets a woman, they talk about being 80, sat on the porch in the old people's home, like okay. playing yeah. games. So that's what Katie and Matthew are like with me. They're like, is he going to sit on the porch, Laura? Like, it's nice I that you had a nice time with him, but are you going to sit on the porch? So. Yeah. I was taking the porch references, Taylor Swift song, uh, Mary song, my 
my my my my when they're old naces on the porch so i was getting the vibe I was yeah getting the you're vibe. on it you're on it yeah i was getting the vibe yeah definitely um, but yeah so it's just it's just super exciting and lovely that they're gonna be able to get married and we can oh, celebrate lovely. it together woohoo yeah go on so tell us about your high of the week well laura <laughs> i'm on my second week of annual leave right and i feel like i've never had a job in my life <laughs> honestly like what is this thing called work because I'm just swanning about. Like, I, it's just crazy. I think it's because I'm on my second week of annual leave. Like, I was, all, I was, we went away for the week and now we're home for the week. And I think as well, you know, because we've all been in for like so long. Yeah. The novelty of doing things is just so bizarre, I think. And I, I'm honestly just swanning around like I've never had a job. And it's just so nice to just feel like so, um, so disconnected from work, like in a good way because... Yeah. You can have a weekend, can't you? But like, so like some weekends you have, and the way you know, just maybe the way they work out, like what you've done, you feel like, oh, do you know what? I feel refreshed. I feel ready to go back to work on Monday morning. Like you have weekends like that, but other times you feel like, especially from working from home, you're so connected to work all the time and what's in your head, and you think, oh, I have to do that on Monday. Oh, I've got that meeting Tuesday. Yeah. Like you can never fully disconnect. So to be to have two weeks off is like. It's just, it's just legendary. I just feel like, I feel like I'm just swallowing around being a lady who lunches, living my best life, and it's great. It's so I love good. That. I love it. And then my other hi, this sounds dramatic, but I am dramatic anyway. Is that I'm rubbish at hair, right? Like really rubbish at hair. I just can't do it. Um, and I've always wanted to be able to braid, but I can't braid because I just my fingers don't work like that, and so much so <laughs> that like. I said to my husband last year, for my birthday, will you just learn to braid so you can braid my hair for me? And he was like, no, go away. So I was like, <laughs> okay. And like when we go on holiday, normally my hairdresser's always, she comes around to braid my hair for me because oh I'm like, that's God, sad. Oh my God, you princess. I know, but I love having braided hair because like when you go away, like like when we've been to like abroad to Rome, like a city break or you're away for like, like, if we go away with the dog, we're, like, on big walks and stuff. You just want your hair out your face, don't you? And I yeah. find braids is the only way to look, still feel, like, nice. Because otherwise, I look like the trunch ball if I put my hair in a bun. <laughs> so so I have to go for, like, the braid. But the, the, this is the point I'm trying to get to. So on TikTok, you know, you know, fountain of all knowledge, amazing. Um, I've learned how to do, like, a braid that's, like, a fake braid. I'll send you the video, Laura. But basically what you do is you, like, twist, like, you twist the... Two, two front pieces of your hair and you keep twisting them and every time you take another section of hair. That's so not a fake that... braid, that is how you braid. Yeah, but I, I'm not, I'm braiding it like from the front, like. Oh, right, it's okay, you're not I'm doing not it down the back like... of your head. No, 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 that's uh, what I mean, okay, I'm not that okay, skilled. Okay. So I've been doing this like fake braid thing. Okay. And, and I am obsessed with it because it makes me hair nice and wavy and I can't explain it. Thank you. My whole life, I've wanted curly hair, right? My mum had curly hair, my nan's got curly hair. All that side of the family have got curly hair. And here's me with my dad, straight-ass hair jeans. Like, my hair could not be straight. I used to not brush it for weeks when I went to school, just so I'd have a bit of, like, something so- in my hair. Probably like <laughs> a bird's nest, if you know what I mean. But, um... So now, I'm, like, fake. Like, I was nearly begging my hairdresser to give me a perm. Like, it's 2021, guys. Like, I want a perm, you know, but my hairdresser won't do it. Well, well, Laura, you need to do this. You need, need to do the fake braid. I need to get my braid on. Exactly. It's it's incredible. And I'll put the link in our um, podcast notes to the video that I use if anyone wants a vibe of how to get, like, fake story. braids. 
I'll put it in our story. Laura, that's a really good point because I made her look, look, Laura's the expert here. Uh, now's the time to mention. So we've now got an Instagram account just for the podcast, Drive My Lance Fiving. Um, so you can find us on there. We'll be posting loads of content. You can come and chat with us. It was the Inspire Project Instagram, which I ran, but now we've stacked that off um, because it makes sense to have everything in one place. So please come and join us over there. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast or any information, but I'll put the links to that below. Amazing. So yeah, they're, they're my highs. They're your highs. I mean, well, no, they're pretty good highs, to be honest. And I'm well jealous that you've got two weeks of annual leave. I need to start booking some stuff, but I just can't make my mind up. Like, I just struggle to book annual leave when I'm not leaving the country. I know what you mean, yeah. Well, we did leave the country. We went to Wales. Well, you went to Wales. (laughs) Yeah. Can I just say as well, North Wales is better than going to Spain or Portugal or anywhere because... It can be. Them coastlines on good weather, it's like nothing else. Absolutely stunning. Okay, so those are all the good bits of the week. But this week, what is the annoying thing that you want to stick in the shredder? So I had to have a think about this because obviously like, I'm on annual leave. And I was thinking, I don't have anything to say about work. Can I put work in the shredder? Like, can I just be be a lady of a luxury lifestyle? Um, And so what I was thinking back to, actually, it's funny because someone just tagged me in in a like Facebook memory before. So I thought I'd talk about this. So... Basically, I used to work for an organisation where a lot of the culture was about alcohol and drinking. Okay. So people used to always have drinks in the office, you know, man, bringing drinks around on a Friday, there would be a party. Um, we used to go on company holidays, which is basically a four-day bender for people. So alcohol was a really big part of the culture. And, you know, everyone used to, drinks were like a big thing or after yeah. work drinks. So alcohol was massive, but I'm not a big drinker. And... um. What happened was is um, I was working in Manchester at the time of the obviously the horrible terrorist attack at the Ariana Grande concert, and it was you know it was awful. And um, on the the Friday, a few days later, me and two of my friends that I worked with, we said, you know what, it's been you know awful. Let's go out for lunch, and let's just try and you know have a bit of like positivity and think you know or an awful things happen but we're just gonna try and get through it and we're just gonna try obviously I'm not you know I I wasn't personally affected so I'm not taking anything away from them other people but it was just a it was a horrible time you know you never thought that would happen so we were all a bit down so we thought let's go out for lunch and we all had um I think I think we all had a glass of Prosecco and orange on our dinner and then I came back and I got like really, really, really told off for having a drink on my lunch. Um, I don't normally have drinks on lunch, but it was like a one-off occasion. Um, basically, I was told off that I shouldn't do that because I hadn't been given permission and that's not how things work in the workplace. You had a mixed drink, one mixed drink with a full meal. You could still legally drive a car. Well, exactly. You can do your job. Well, exactly. But So this is what I want to put in the shredder. It's, it's expectations. That's what I want to put in the shredder because it's mixed messaging. Don't yeah. ta- don't create a company culture based on these things. And then when someone does that and almost falls in line with the culture, you then go, well, that's not acceptable. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it's an old example. It's from years ago now, but it just made me think like that expectations. If I wasn't allowed to drink, then don't ply me with alcohol for the whole time that I work there. And then when there's been a terrorist attack and I have a Prosecco and orange, it's an issue. Yeah. 
No, that, that's completely fair. So that, that's what I'm shredding this week. What do you want to shred? Um, Crappy communication or just okay. lack of communication. Yeah. So it's just that thing. I think sometimes people like, they get a bit overwhelmed and they get all, oh, I don't want people thinking I can't do stuff or they just get so, I don't know what it is. It's either just a really selfish thing where they don't think of others mm-hmm. or they think so much of what other people will think of them that mm-hmm. they just decide that saying nothing is the best option. And yeah. right here, right now, I will tell you that saying nothing is always the worst option. Like, yeah. it's just... Does my head in like I am somebody who definitely if like I was literally joking about this today actually um with my manager I was like you know I am definitely a person where I will say things exactly how they are I'll call a spade a spade and like I'm saying what we're all thinking lol and as much as it definitely does people's head in it's also why they take me places it's entertaining like (laughs) I will just call stuff out and I don't mean it nasty or anything like that but it's just like if you know if I observe something Mm -hmm. I'll just say it and I think because that is so my personality Mm -hmm. it frustrates me even more when you get people who are the direct opposite Mm -hmm. and it's just like just just plug your brain in use your words and we'll be okay I get yeah, and everyone who doesn't do that, you're in the shredder. You're going in the shredder, and you know, yeah, at times we've all been poor communicators, haven't we? Yeah. But oh, yeah, do you know what? I've just quickly got a communication story. Go. So actually, no, I can't be asked telling you. It takes too long. We'll save it for another time. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. That's uh, that's some exclusive content that people can find on Instagram if they come and follow us. <laughs> That, that, I'm on annual leave now, Laura. I, I can't talk about work. Like, nah. I'm just, I'm just living my best life. <sighs> so now we're going to move on to the article section of our podcast, and we're doing things a bit differently this week. So we're so excited because it's the first time we've got a special guest. So with us today, we've got Ferdas Patel, and she is a solicitor. And what we're going to be talking all about is Ramadan and Eid and how um, that looks like in the workplace, her experience, some maybe a friend's family's experiences, um, and what employers and colleagues can do to make um, to make us, you know, the workplace culture feel a truly inclusive place and not just somewhere that we say, oh, this is inclusive, but actually we don't really experience that. So thanks so much to Ferdas for joining us on the podcast. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. So yeah, like great. Laura, do you want to kick off with any questions or? Yeah, absolutely. No, so thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I think it's really great to like have somebody come on and be able to talk about something that like Jess and I in particular have just got no experience of. So we're both like Christians and we're living in, you know, predominantly Christian country. We get Christmas off as standard. You do that throughout school, throughout work. Like it's just, you know, you've got bank holidays around it. So for us, it's very much a thing of like expected. So I just wonder kind of on that for yourself, you know, how does that like feel for you, I suppose, like when it comes around to Ramadan and Eid, you know, obviously I imagine the celebrations here are quite different to how they would be in an Islamic country and whatnot. Do you feel we, there is more we can do to shout about it? And would you want that? Um, so it's it's kind of weird, really, because um, you brought up not knowing any different, you know, like, you know, as a child, um if it's Eid when you're at school, you'll just have the day off. And um, 
with Ramadan, you just carry on like working and going to school and everything's just the same. You know, there's no exceptions made in a sentence. And um, it's only when I started working really that I thought, oh God, um, you know, long hours, long days, I'm really tired. And you'd go in and it'd take you a while to get used to the, the tiredness. And um, I think when you get to a position it comes with age and it comes with, I think, I guess when you get more comfortable in your job and um, just more confident to ask for like, um, you know, can I, can I start a little bit later? Can I finish a little bit earlier? Um, but when I was, when I first started working and I've been with my current employer for eight years, when I first started working, I wouldn't have even asked. I wouldn't have had the guts to ask. I just yeah. would have got on with it. Um, and I would have said like, oh, we'll start fasting tomorrow or whatever. But I wouldn't have expected anyone to say to me, you know, oh, well, do you want to come in a bit later then if you're going to be tired or do you want to finish that little bit earlier? I just I would have just got on with it. And with Eid, because um, I've always worked in the private sector, I can just pick my days, you know, figure out when it's going to be roundabout and take two days off or three days off or whatever um, and not really have to worry about um, holidays as such. And, and the same with fasting, you know, if I... What I generally try and do is like take every Friday off or something or um, do it that way to like shorten the working week rather than ask for an accommodation to be made. Mm-hmm. And you'd always get like a comms email go around to say like, oh, we welcome the month of Ramadan or whatever. But whether it was actually like how many people read it and how many people actually like, you know, mentioned it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I never thought any different, you know, I never thought like, oh, my manager should do more or anything like that. But as I, um, so when I was a paralegal, um, I just kind of took it as, you know, you don't really get flexi working unless you've had a kid and you've asked to work from home or there's a reason why you, you know, you've asked HR and they've let you work from home. You know, there wasn't any other yeah. reason why you should be able to do that. So um, the first time my manager um, it, we were fasting it was the summer because you know like Ramadan changes every year so it gets uh, like it goes back two weeks so it's never the same time you know yeah. it's always two weeks earlier so we were in the midst of summer and it was boiling and she messaged me in the morning saying it's really hot today don't come in just work from home because you're fasting and I was like whoa yeah like, we, like someone's actually said that and um I just thought good on like oh my god you've actually like trusted me yeah. to like work from home and you've thought about the fact that I'm fasting I, it it just I just it was like something had changed in me as well because I thought well if one person's actually like identified the fact that I am fasting and acknowledged it so then going forward um I think the next year I just didn't even ask I just said like um Amazing. I'm gonna work from home today or I'm like uh, taking the morning off and in the afternoon I'll just work from home and I just kind of made it a norm for myself but that was quite far in I'd say like I'd been working for the company for like four years before that even happened and back then the, like I think the culture and the dynamics were different anyway because like now with COVID everything's changed you know you yeah. had to yeah. work from home there's no like oh you must come into the office because that's just what we do and um it depends on how senior you are if you can work from home and stuff like that and I think in the legal field anyway like you have to get to a certain point before you start you know having those little luxuries like Mm. oh I've got a laptop I'm just going to take a laptop home from IT or whatever and I'm going to log in from home as like junior staff like no you're in the office like it doesn't matter what's going on 
um, you are in the office. So that was the first time that I actually say I started calling the shots a little bit. Um, and to be honest, no one like ever said, no, you can't. So I felt a bit like, well, why haven't I asked sooner? But it is a confidence thing. It's an age thing. It's um, being able to feel like you can ask for those things. Yeah. But I think with like COVID, everything's changed anyway. Like the, everything's been turned on its head. Um, but definitely I'd say like with, um, we were talking a little bit about the inclusion network and stuff like that. And recently it's become a big thing. You know, it was always there. There was always, you know, equality and diversity things there. And, you know, whether they were there just to kind of balance the status quo, whether they actually did anything. Yeah. But I think like since say like, um, all the gender pay gap stuff came about and gender equality and people really started to question stuff and companies had to like get out there how much of a gap there was between like men and women and they, they became like more transparency with stuff like that I think it everything started you know coming out about inclusivity and equality yeah. and diversity and not just for people from a certain background but just in general yeah so um that for us anyway like I'm, my employer I can't I I can't criticize them because they've always been good and I think when I started making a point of like oh it's Eid I'm bringing treats in and my, my team would really like celebrate it even if it wasn't a department thing it was a team thing and I, yeah that's always been like I can never criticize them for not being um inclusive or you know being just really welcoming for everything but um I'd say when it started really becoming a company-wide thing was when like I said, with the gender pay gap and stuff, and we sat, we then set up like an, um, I think we set, set, sent out like questionnaires of, you know, how do you feel? What kind of background are you from? Can you fill out the census on, on your like personal HR file mm -hmm. or whatever? And then with movements like that and Black Lives Matter, and I think within, I'd say within the past, like, five years if we even say that long things have really like progressed in terms of inclusivity as a whole you know we're talking about more stuff like race and um transgender and lgbt and we're like celebrating the thing you know we're sending out yeah. comms that we wouldn't have sent out comms yeah. about like five years ago you know like when when would you ever have sent out a comms about like transgender recognition and stuff and it just wouldn't have happened like even two years ago i think yeah. um so yeah I've, I've waffled on but th that's, no, that's how great. I think like I think I feel like um rather than it just being in the background things are actually like coming to a head now where um they're being recognized like recognized and not just for the sake of being recognized yeah. like there's actually a positive recognition of things yeah. like um my company did like a video this year of like um how Ramadan you know what kind of things we do and a little bit about Ramadan and a few of us did like videos to go on social media um and I don't know whether it's partly because like social media has evolved so much as well from where it used to be yeah and companies are like using it so much more that they're using the platform to um promote you know the BAME network and to promote um religious events and celebrations and things like that whether they're just seizing the opportunity I mean a lot of it is about you know like it, it ticks boxes doesn't it if your company yeah. can do all of those things it ticks boxes and it makes you stand out and um I'm not saying like that's an agenda but part of it is you know like a tick 
for that for them yeah, a, a brand, say, yeah to say like we do this we support this we, we advocate this but with everything but I guess if it's actually happening you know and it's not just there kind of for, for sure and it is actually like you know within the company these changes are happening whether it is for the BAME network or the disability network or whatever it might be then then good on them um because I guess it's been a, a long time coming <gasps> yeah absolutely yeah like if it's yeah, I think it's that thing, isn't it? If it's a sincere like culture shift and it's about like we want to know our people and we want to support our people, then you like all for it. Absolutely, let's learn from each other. But when it does come across a bit performative, that's where it's like it's almost more offensive than if you just like let it run. Didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely, completely agree, and and I do think like I can't. Um, I was saying to Jess before that. Um, I my experience is a little bit boring in the sense that, that I've never had any issues but also I was never that person to kind of be like hey I think I'm odd x y and z because you know I was never like I would never come like speak about those issues unless someone asked about them and I think again that confidence comes with age and like um not being so junior anymore and and having that little bit of authority where I can like speak out about about these kind of things but um other people would have and good on like the people that actually like start off with um asking for like you know I think there should be a BAME network I think there should be you know we should be speaking about out about these things good on them because they like kind of steer all of us to bigger and better things but um Again, in the private sector, it's easy because um, so long as you've not got anything in your diary and um, you can kind of avoid that or change days, you can take mm-hmm. days off pretty easily without having to worry too much. Yeah. I mean, um, it's not a massive deal. And I guess and most employers understand that you're going to take more, maybe more annual leave this month because you are fasting and you want a short week. So you're going to take every Friday off. And a lot of them are pretty accommodating. Um, but I was saying to Jess as well that... Um, my uh, sister works in a school and a few friends are teachers as well and my mum's a teaching assistant and with them obviously they don't get any you know they don't get any time off if it's not the school holidays you don't get yeah. time off um and they, they, they might they usually do they get the odd day off well for Eid they do some of them get paid and some of them have to take unpaid leave um on Eid so that's a bit of a sticking point because it's like well we don't think we should have to take unpaid leave yeah. and um and others felt that in a school especially where there are a high population of children who are of um the muslim faith they should potentially maybe get more than one day off because technically um eid is for three days and i would never like i would personally never if i you know worked in in the public sector i don't feel like i would have had the confidence to say well i think i'm entitled to three days off mm-hmm. i mean i would obviously one is a given um but like say for example if because we were talking before that um eid is the day of eid is determined on the moon sighting and there's two mm-hmm. different schools of thought so um with saudi arabia although they go off a, a visual moon sighting they also do like a scientific calculation of when the moon is born um, and then there's another school of thought that actually go off the, the visibility of the moon so um when you with the the eid that's after ramadan um ramadan is either 29 days or 30 days so if you don't see the moon on the 29th day it's by default it's eid will be after like the 30th 
Okay. Um, so it will always, there's always like people that do maybe Eid one day before other people do Eid. So um, in a school, for example, you might have like 60% of the kids that take like the Thursday off and the other 30% that take the Friday off. Um, so either way, like there's, there's like not hardly any kids in school. So yeah. Um, what people are like well maybe we should just have both days off as anyway and sometimes it does happen like my mom sometimes she'll be like oh well school have just given us both days off because there's going to be no kids in anyway yeah um it just it really does just depend and like I asked my manager who's not Muslim um and um about Eid and she said oh do you have to take out yeah and you'll leave and I said yeah and she was like oh I don't think you should have to I think you should be um entitled to a day to, yeah. you know just off yeah. We think and so, I, don't we, love it? <laughs> And I was like, oh, really, do you? Because I've, I've just never thought of it like that. And I guess that's um, partly to do with the fact, like, um, cult- like culturally and um, because there is so much in the media of, like, you know, I call it, like, Islamophobia, but there's so much, like, scaremongering and stuff yeah. that you're almost a bit scared to ask for too much just in case it comes across yeah. as, like, well what right have you got to ask for this you know and and with anything like with anything in the media that's got any slight of um rhetoric to it that there might it might be you know people of a muslim faith or um a lot of the times you know there's this like conflation of like if you're asian you're muslim do you know what yeah. i mean mm-hmm. so um it's just horrific and it's just ignorant the, isn't it really yeah. so if there's anything with that like undertone you always get comments on there that say like um if you don't like it you need to either go back to where you came from or you should go and create a country just for Muslims you know you get all that kind of stupid stuff and it's like how do you even like make someone understand that a I was born in this country so where do you want me to go and um b like it's really hard because as a child you're so naive you what you want you think you're the same as everyone else especially as a child and I was reading this book where um it's called like the good immigrant and I've only just like started reading it but it um he was saying like as a mixed race child um you kind of don't know that you're any different until like people say to you like he was saying because he was black but people were calling him an oreo because he was um black on the outside but white on the inside and that's and that is like a really similar thing to like especially British Asians because you're brought up um, thinking like this land is your land and there's yeah, no other yeah. um there's no other you know unless like I first went back to India when I was 16 to see my dad's family my mum was born here and to see some of my mum's family so all I've ever identified with is this country and obviously like um culturally yeah you know the food that you eat and um there's another language and there's um family that's back in India and stuff and you speak to them sometimes on the phone and the clothes that you wear and then you've got religion as well that kind of is mixed with culture as well slightly and 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 all of those things but otherwise you just don't think that you're any different to like other people and so when when that kind of stuff comes out you just think oh god like um where where do you belong like where you know because you you're classed as British you're not classed as English because you're British because you're of colour and you've got like ancestry in other countries so you you know but even though you're born here but it's like, well, if you're British, are you, you know, do you have less rights because you're not English? So it's all of that kind of mix as well of like, where, where do you belong? And surely, like, obviously, um, we know that this is a Christian 
country. But ultimately, when we talk about Great Britain and what makes Britain great, surely it's all of the different threads of like religions and cultures and everything that falls into the mix. And if we are this massive melting pot of like all these different values and cultures and, and ultimately all of our values are the same yeah um yeah but if we are this massive like fabulous mixture of all of these different things then surely like um we should be able to embrace and talk about topics like this and even if we come to the conclusion where we say like well actually you know like I said to you like three days you're taking the mick a little bit come on like where are we going to find three days from in the in the curriculum or whatever to give you like that's just but that's at least a conversation that we should be able to have yeah yeah and say well you know what um how you know what about if we said like one day yeah I think that sounds pretty good but it's like you can't have these conversations because I think we as Muslims a lot of us and I can't speak for all of us but we do overcompensate a little bit and we are that little bit more fearful of asking for accommodations to be made or like asking for things because we think oh god how are they going to be perceived are people going to think that we're asking for too much but then when you like think about it like asking for too much what like what are you asking like you know and what are you asking for and why is it too much is it because you're a muslim and you you know like yeah you then start like you start like it's things start unraveling and you just think god it's never going to end then like when you think about it uh, you just kind of get yourself in a bit of a a tiz but I think that's the thing as well though like if you look at it you're not actually asking for much different to what like Christians have so you know for us Christmas day and Boxing Day that's two days they're bank holidays that everybody gets like you you just have that and like and then we've got New Year's Day because we've decided that's when the new year is but then like the Chinese culture has a new year in February and it's like, so if you're going to be that welcoming and you want to commit to this inclusivity, maybe it just needs to be a case of, okay, well, if this religious festival gets two days for these people, you you kind of get to pick one. Do you know what you know? I, I don't know, like the internet. Yeah, like pick your you bank holidays. Pick, you, like within your annual, you know, within the bank holiday allocation, everybody gets like two or three days for religious festivity. So then therefore, you know, if you're Hindu, well, then you get Diwali off. If you're Muslim, then you get Eid off. If you're Christian, then you get Christmas off. If you're secular, do you know what? You just have whatever you want. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And my, um, a colleague of mine, she's um, Irish and she was saying they get to choose out of like two bank holidays. Um, I think it was either St. George's Day and something like, they get to pick one or the other. Um, depending on yeah so they just get to choose um which one they want to choose so yeah I, I completely agree with that I think you know you should be given the choice and in other countries um they they just embrace it and they just give them the days off but I mean I'm saying other countries I'm talking about like India where there are like Muslims and Hindus and Sikhs and um they get all the religious festivals off because that's just what they do but uh, and I'm not saying that we need to do the same but yeah I definitely agree like if you give people a choice and then at least people can choose how to then allocate their holidays and I think obviously you guys were talking about annual leave in a few like a few podcasts ago but it's a similar type of things thing of like having that choice um, Mm. to be able to choose when to take uh, leave and stuff so um, yeah I think there is um, I guess if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, And by only by like us having these kind of conversations will um, hopefully change come about. So I think it is just being able to like 
talk about these things because we were saying like it's never spoken about it's never it's just a conversation you don't have you kind of just get what you're given yeah you just assume don't you like this is how much I can have so I'll never go more than that like yeah and I'll never ask I'll just never ask because I should it's almost like and I'm not saying like it works like this in all jobs but like you should almost be grateful for what you've got and you should never like you should never ask for more because by asking for more that's just like a sense of ingratitude and like how dare you like even ask because you know it's just and it's like well why why should it be like that just because I'm of a certain faith or I'm of a certain background like why shouldn't I be able to ask for these things um but like I said like working in the private sector you do have that little bit more luxury than say people that work in the public sector do because um you know you're entitled to take your holidays whenever you feel like taking them um and yeah it's just it's just that little bit more difficult if you are working and also if you're working in a company where there are people a lot of people of the same faith so you know if you're working in a company where 70 percent of your workforce is is muslim that means that they're all going to be asking for like the same days off um potentially or during ramadan they're all going to be like either that little bit less productive yeah or they're going to be taking more annual leave and and the productivity like I always think um I, the first couple of days are really hard but you soon get into the swing of it and actually you just get on with it and yet you're, you're grateful to be busy because time just passes really quickly and yeah. you know it's that one hour closer to breaking your fast or whatever but <laughs> uh, you'd rather be working than not working yeah um so yeah so um I know it it can be hard like I said if you've got like you know you're going to lose 70% of your staff one day but then I guess if you know it's coming and um, you know that every year twice a year there's going to be Eid for example then I guess you just kind of put those contingencies in place to say like oh this day we know we're going to have less staffing whatever we'll just make do with it or we'll ask people if they want overtime or you know it just depends on on your company and the the kind of environment you work in um but yeah, it's just, it's such a broad topic because it branches into so many other things of like, um, you know, like I was saying, like, um, I don't know whether you saw the news, but the, it, this report found like there was in the um, Conservative Party, there were um, allegations of discrimination and a lot of them were like anti-Islamic and stuff. And I think, um, you know, the conversations start at the top. And so long as yeah. you've got like those elements of, hierarchical racism or discrimination existing in the bigger organizations you know the change not necessarily has to come from the top but there has to be change at the top for there to be change at the bottom yeah absolutely I feel like you need to join our podcast like all all (laughs) of the time because this is exactly what we're talking about like if we don't change things like I want to go on change.org and I want to make a petition now for everyone to pick and choose their own bank holidays because why have we not done that like it makes it makes total sense and like you said for like not just for people of faith but people that don't have any faith um you know like why I know like Christmas has become more of like a a yearly annual celebration for all and it's um a lot of the like religious um connotations have kind of disappeared and it's become more of like just a celebrating the year that we've had and and and, you know, even um, Muslims, it might not be that we celebrate Christmas as such, but we do use that bank holiday to kind of get together with the family yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, see people that we haven't seen for the entire year and, and all of those things. 
and just because it is so festive and there's so much nice food out there and yeah. why do why not but yeah. um but what i'm saying is that um some people might just not want it off um, and might prefer to work. And not just with Christmas, it might be Easter or whatever. You yeah. know, they might just think, oh, sack those two bank holidays. I'd rather use them in the middle of July or whatever. Um, but yeah, the fact that you have a choice um, would be amazing. It would be because it would solve the problem of like, oh, well, why do you get a day off and we don't? But if you yeah, get the choice oh, of yeah. using um, your bank holiday, then, well, no one's at a loss just... really, are they? Yeah, exactly. And I find like places I've worked previously, like, um, you know, you get like your holidays and then they're always like, save five for Christmas. And it's because like, it's because the workplace closes down over Christmas. And I think, well, that's not everyone's choice or decision to work over Christmas. So, you know, if people want to work that time and take other time off, like, why aren't we? Why are we all? Have, why do we have to shut down for Christmas? Like, even if even if you're of faith or not, you know what I mean? Like, why? I I, th- I want to start a petition genuinely where I think we need to I think we need to pick our own bank holidays because like you're saying you've got people who have no faith but they think you know if you're getting married or you've got a big holiday coming up like isn't it great when you know if you've, you've got like a, um, a, a job where you don't work nine to five and you work on a on a bank holiday Monday so you can have that day back in lieu in the future like I just think I just think this is what we need to do like but it is a thing that I know, so I know from police officers, it's a thing that can happen for them because the way their theirs work is you get your annual leave and then because it's a it's a 24-hour job, essentially like 365 days a year, you then get your bank holidays, but you don't get to fully choose them whenever. Like there's a slight stipulation on it that makes it a bit different to annual leave. Um, but essentially, because they have to work during some bank holidays, it doesn't work out that way. And you get it where people will end up in sort of like reciprocal friendships of, all right, well, I'll, I'll make sure I'm available on that Christmas shift for you because Christmas isn't my thing. But would you then be available for this shift for me because I'm doing something that's my culture and what, you know, that kind of thing. And it just, it, it literally is just working together and giving people that like mature autonomy over their own time, which I think really is what we need. Yeah, yeah definitely definitely and like you said like acknowledging like other people's cultural differences and I think a lot of it does come back to like education and yeah. being aware like at school you always used to learn about like you know Christianity Islam Hinduism like you'd learn about those three religions and then it kind of just stopped yeah and and then you'd obviously like forget everything that you'd learn in school about those religions and then come like Ramadan Eid Diwali you'd be like oh so what do you do again and and then it's that whole kind of like education of like what happens what goes on why is it important you know um and and acts you know embracing those differences and I know like um with Hindus they have Diwali but they have other things during the year with like you know certain um festivals Mm -hmm. or like days of significance and and the same with Sikhs and and like you said if they want the day off um for whatever reason or like even the afternoon off it's just saying like like you said like all right okay you take that day off but you can cover me whenever um but this and and it's being able to kind of have that understanding and 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 acknowledgement of like actually this is significant to this person for this reason whatever it might be um and I think with like there's so many movements going on at the minute that like all of these movements and and the annual kind of celebration of them as well will become a thing yeah Uh, like we've just it was it was yesterday black Lives Matter. it was a year can you believe it like a whole year since um all of that and um yeah it's just kind of 
I know there's like loads of things to remember, but it's just um, even if a company kind of like it might be sending out a comms, it might just be sending out emails to like managers to say, oh, yeah, this is coming up. Can we just ask our team members whether they want to change their days, whether they want a few hours off for whatever reason? Um, You just, you know, it's just kind of embracing and being inclusive and just understanding other people. And I think that there's a lot of that. I can't, you know, I can't personally criticise people for not doing it, but I think there needs to be a lot more of it as well. I think we're lacking massively um, as a whole, if we talk about like everyone. Um, I think there's a lot of ignorance. um, But in terms of everything, you know, there's a lot of ignorance. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was saying to a friend before I saw her, I said, like, we don't know, she's um, she's got German heritage. And I was sort of saying, like, I don't know how you feel to hear, I said, like, I'm probably more Irish than I am English, really, with my background. Um, but I said, yeah, I know, we're basically, <laughs> I mean, we're Scouse, Laura, so we're basically mostly Irish anyway, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, the 33rd um, counties, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, but I was basic. I was basically saying to her, like, I don't know about you, like, because she's part German, whatever, but I was saying, like, I feel a bit ashamed to be British because, like we're so racist and xenophobic and ignorant and everything. I don't want to speak for all British people, but I feel like the way you see people treated in society, of course you see lovely things on the internet as well. People, you know, I'm supporting this, I'm an ally to this cause, but I do feel like there's a lot of hatred out there and it is ignorance, isn't it? Like how, like, I'm ashamed that a part of our society like that that reflects back on us that that's who we are as people and you know talking about black lives matter i didn't even consider really or think about how much like slavery like the british empire was and we basically just went into other countries and you know like stole people from their houses and brought them back as slaves like i i just ashamed that that's a part of our culture and like we just need to do better don't we yeah and like someone was saying i think i read something on social media like someone said um uh, the Brits teach um, like teachers about colonialism, and I was like, no, they don't. Like, no, they don't teach us about colonialism. No. We kind of just lap up everything that's good about the stuff that they colonized yeah. and brought over. Yeah. But anything that, as soon as it gets a little bit negative, or you don't like something, it's like, send them back to where they came from, or um, you know, why are they? Even, you know, if you don't like it, and it's like, well, hang on a minute, like track back to all those years ago um and tell us what part this country played in colonizing whoever it was yeah and you know bringing back whatever they brought back and the reason why migrants came over in the first place and then like reevaluate your whole argument and everything that you've just said um but we're never taught about like we talk about the first world war the second world war um, a few things about you know American Civil War and whatever that might be but we're never taught about like how Britain colonized this country and this country and this country and we're never taught about those things and sometimes like I feel when people bring stuff up and they're like oh the, the English did this or whatever and I'm like did they and I'm like god why don't I know like why yeah, don't exactly. I know this like why so don't so I know yeah. like um yeah, like my husband was like saying stuff about like Winston Churchill and and the stuff that he did in India that wasn't that wasn't great. And I was like, he was like, how do you not know this? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what? I don't know. I just yeah. don't know this. Like, I, yeah. I don't genuinely don't. And I was never taught it, and I never went to look for it because I just didn't know it that no, it actually it happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
But it's that thing of like Winston Churchill defeated the Nazis. So why on earth would you care about anything else? Like that's his big ticket item in his whole career. He like saved us from having to speak German and all those sorts of things. You know, why would you question anything? And like, I think there's such an innocence to that because as a kid, you do just want to run with it and go, do you know what? This is where I'm from. And I'm really proud of that because we did a good thing like 50 years ago, whatever. But then actually, once you start getting to know the world and like investigating things like everything going on with Israel and Palestine now we are so responsible for that same with India and Pakistan like we have such a negative role to play in all of those things like everything with the Iraq war and stuff like that that is still going on now in the Middle East like we've been horrific and like they just don't tell us no no And yeah, and exactly. And like, if you were to kind of speak out about Israel and Palestine or Iraq or whatever, you know, you do get those comments. Well, what's it got to do with us? You know, like, it's got nothing to do with this country. And, you know, again, the same things like, why don't you go and create a country for the Muslims or whatever it might be? And they just don't realise, like, before it comes down to an actual religious issue, it's a humanitarian issue, first and foremost. Like, exactly. Yes. People are being killed. And um, you don't know what part, like, we've played in setting that whole thing up where, you know, so it is, it's it's really, um, and again, this is where it comes down to, like, government actually acknowledging, like, yeah, you've not done it now, like, it's not, it wasn't your fault as prime minister or your fault as the opposition opposition leader but when you're going to acknowledge that actually like britain had a part to play in it and um even though you can't reverse history or what's been done you can take positive steps to make changes like now um absolutely but yeah it's just it's a really tough one because i feel like the people are like like what do they say like politics politics should never be left to politicians and I think that's just so true isn't it because yeah people they're not like like the day-to-day people normal people make more sense um than those people that are making laws and legislation (laughs) and all of those things literally like this is exactly what we talk about on our podcast like oh it's so true I just I find it so frustrating the way like society is in general it's a bigger issue isn't it and like you know the, the way people say like go back to your own country i just think like I, I try not to swear too much on this podcast but i just think like just fuck off like just i do it's horrible people are so ignorant and i just don't like i suppose i want to know like how can i be an ally an ally to muslim women well muslims in general like how can i like I try and speak up, you know, when someone says something and I say, like, what are you doing? Whenever I see a tweet that's like offensive, I report it. But like how like say we say we work together, how do you feel I could be more uh, more of an ally to you or more inclusive to you or anyone listening, like what could they do to support their like Muslim colleagues and friends? I think it's just like really acknowledging um acknowledging things like I said, like Ramadan and Eid and um little things like that. And you know, it's like I think like Boris Johnson called like Muslim women that oh, their faces um, post boxes or letterboxes or whatever. Yeah. And when you've got like your prime minister saying stuff like that, and David Cameron said stuff in the past, then you know you've got all the stuff in France with like banning the headscarf yeah, and yeah. Um, all of that. And it's ultimately like it comes down to the fact that we're like in one breath we're advocating for women's rights and gender inequality and and you know making sure that we're equal and that we're promoting women. But then in the other breath, we're basically saying that you're subjugated to what you wear 
And depending on what you wear or don't wear, that then means that you have a place in the public sector or in the working yeah. environment. And that ultimately determines like how intelligent you are, whether or not you're oppressed or not oppressed, whether you've been forced. So basically the, what they're saying is that if you make a choice about what you wear, that kind of determines whether or not um, you've got free, you know, like whether you, how liberal you are and, and how much freedom you have and how oppressed. But basically they're saying that unless, unless you, if as long as you don't wear the headscarf, all of those rights basically apply. And as, and as soon as you put that headscarf on, then none of it applies because actually you've not got any freedoms then because that's, the, you know, you're being forced to wear it. And, yeah, you know, yeah. but you just it's just a, a massive contradiction because you're basically saying that women can't make that choice and actually women aren't free to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just really acknowledging the fact that if we are, in, and we're talking about women as a whole, that we should have enough respect for other women mm-hmm. and sometimes women are the worst oh yeah women are 100%. worse than men like yeah. I mean you do get some men that are absolutely awful and you just think well what right have you got to comment on what another woman does yeah. or doesn't do yeah. or what she wears and doesn't wear because like you don't even get it but um other women can be just as bad but I think it's just really as a woman supporting another woman um for the choices that she makes knowing that she has the the like the freedom and the intellect to be able to make that choice yeah and 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 giving her that respect for making that choice so if I like if I came into work tomorrow and just put a headscarf on yeah of course you can ask me and and ask me all the questions in the world like oh why have you decided to wear it you know is it your but I would never want to um have that oh god I feel sorry for her she's had to put it on hasn't she because of you know like oh she got married that's why she's got to wear it or whatever you know whatever it might be and even if there is like an underlying tone of the fact that you know because of a cultural norm she's had to put it on or whatever it's just having that like support to say like actually you've made that decision um and we support you for it and Mm -hmm. and there's not going to be any barriers to you like progressing yeah Um, yeah that's one of like my things it's that I feel like you know, if I put the headscarf on tomorrow, my husband wouldn't even bat an eyelid. He'd just be like, all right, just another thing that you've decided to like do. <laughs> yeah, like, you like, you know, even if I came in with pink hair, he'd probably just look at me and like turn away, wouldn't comment on it. But <laughs> that's just the kind of person he is. And he wouldn't bat an eyelid. But obviously, if you go into the workplace and something's different, people will ask naturally. Yeah. And yeah. you've got to like admire people's um, for being inquisitive and asking all those questions yeah. and and that's how you kind of like appreciate others and it goes back to inclusivity and understanding um others differences but um knowing that I made the choice for a reason and I had the freedom to make that choice mm-hmm. and I should be entitled and again if I put it on and, and it lasted three months and I took it off like again that's my choice yeah and it shouldn't be a limitation or a barrier but you know, it's unfortunate because you do think sometimes like as a Muslim woman and then as a Muslim woman wearing a headscarf, would I still get to the same position eventually, mm. you know, if I was wearing a headscarf or if I wasn't wearing a headscarf? Like what would be the barriers? Because there's barriers anyway. Um, yeah. Just barriers, number one, woman, yeah. woman, <laughs> like that's it. And then woman from the, a BAME, you know, BAME background and then background wearing a headscarf like would you still get because you know like 
shocking. Yeah, there's just like barriers that you don't even think of. There's yeah. unconscious bias. There's yeah. all of that. And there's like certain sacrifices you make as a woman anyway, like you just mm-hmm. naturally make as a woman. Like stuff like maternity leave. Really, like, do you ever sit down and have a conversation about? I know some people do, but you just generally think, right, well, I'm taking a year off. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or I'm taking, like, yeah, your husband might get paternity leave, and I know you can do like shared leave. But you're the one making that commitment. You're the one making the commitment, yeah. and you take on the lion's share of like putting yeah. your career on hold for the majority of the time. Even if your husband was to do three months and you did six, you still did six. Yeah. And I'm not saying like you shouldn't, but what I'm Got saying to. is like, yeah, it's it's just an expectation yeah. on women anyway that you will yeah. put your career on hold because you had the baby. Yeah. Because you I... birthed that child. Yeah. Which you can't help it. Like, we can't help that we were the ones giving wounds. Do you know what I mean? But like, we were, okay. <laughs> so we, we like, it's that thing of, even if you do the shared, like the shared leave and all that kind of stuff, there is still such a physical element on a woman that the healthiest thing is that she has longer off. And that is, that is just how it is. But it's shocking that like something that you cannot change about yourself in the slightest is almost held against you in other ways. Like, there's just no, re- I don't see that there's any real reasoning for it. Like, other than, you know, men rule the world, apparently. Yeah. But... I think as well, it's seen as like an amb- ambition thing. Um, So, like, I know someone who um was quite senior and she um didn't announce that she was pregnant in work till really late on. Um, And it was because she, she had a new boss and she didn't want a boss to think that she wasn't an ambitious woman. Because it's almost like the whole when, like, a baby comes into it, that, like, you either have to be a mother or, like, a career woman. And it's like that you can't, you can't make, you can't have both of them. Both me and Laura don't have children, but obviously I feel like you can't be a woman that works and not ever consider the fact that that is a big part of, like, your career and what you do and, like, do you change jobs, whatever, like, the expectation. It always, it, it just falls it just falls on women, doesn't it? That that responsibility and, you know, the who's going to pick them up from school, you know, oh, the woman can leave her job's not as important, even if she was the CEO and a fella worked in, like, you know, I don't know, a shop. Do you know what I mean? It's like she 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 can go and, and get the kid, but the man can't. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like my friend wouldn't wear her wedding rings to interviews because she oh, I didn't like, wear mine either. <laughs> she wouldn't wear her wedding rings to interviews because she was like, I think they look at you and think, well, she's this she's, you know, she's this old, she's probably gonna she's married, she's probably gonna leave soon and have a kid. Um, so that's why she she wouldn't and I was like, Really? And she was like, Yeah, she just doesn't she just wouldn't wear her wedding rings to interviews. Yeah, I think that. and and that's something that I just wouldn't have thought of. No, ever. but then when when you are like married, and if you have like I've got a little one, these are things that you start thinking of because you just think because you do think right. Well, I've taken a year off, so I'm a year behind everyone else that I qualified with, even though you've got tons of other experience that kind of makes up for the fact that you took that year off anyway. Mm. Um, but you still kind of find yourself explaining yourself like, oh, well, I've just come off that leave and so I've only been back in the workplace like six months. But you, I think as women, we overcompensate. Oh, yeah. And I think um, that's what I was going back to about like um, with asking for stuff as a Muslim woman. You do you do generally, as, as women, we do kind of overcompensate for stuff and we do kind of make sure that 
you know, even if you're going to go on holiday, you'll make sure like everything's done and you've yeah, like yeah. thoughts and emails and oh, if this comes in, you know, and then you even go to the extent of like leaving your mobile number if you need yeah. to get hold of me. And I think yeah. we just generally do. And I'm not saying that men don't, but we are more conscious and sensitive to the fact that there could be a crisis when we're not around and we kind of make sure that, you know, everything's prepared just in case something like that was to happen. Yeah, we're conditioned to, aren't we? Like from, even from school and the way, the way women are treated in society, we're conditioned to sort of be people pleasers and to make them accommodations for people and to be, to be kind and be thoughtful and, and be silent and, and just like, that's what we're made to be, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. and as, as like um, Muslim women, and especially if you wear the headscarf, I think there's even more of that expectation of that you won't be vocal about stuff mm-hmm. or that you won't speak out about certain things that, um, um, that are maybe like, Top, uh, topics that are a little bit taboo or that women don't generally speak about and uh, and you silence that little bit more and as soon as a woman comes out that like maybe breaks those barriers or breaks those norms she's seen as being like oh god she's like she's broken the norms you know yeah. she's that little bit too liberal or yeah um she's defied the odds and just because she wears a headscarf you know and and then it's the, the other kind of um backlash that you face from like people within either your own culture or like um other muslims and and you just can't win sometimes but i think you know like culture is changing massively and and um it is ultimately just about education embracing like others yeah yeah completely definitely that's something we're totally on board with and we believe and hopefully this podcast can educate people who've maybe not considered that subject before or um yeah just like I suppose it's just like a call to like if you hear you know Ramadan's coming up or Eid or any other religious festival or something at all you don't know about like just get on Google like spend five minutes on Google and learn and you know understand people's cultures and then you can have conversations with them and ultimately surely we all become better humans if we all understand each other more and can have a nicer life yeah completely like um one of my colleagues um he works in a different department but I saw that like some of his team did like a a team fast where they all fasted on the same day yeah and it is hard like if you've never done it before it's difficult and I always say like the first couple are really hard because your body needs to get used to it but after that I'm not saying it's a breeze, but it does get easier. And you kind of, apart from the thirst and the tiredness, you kind of just get on with it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't eat loads at the end of the day because your stomach shrinks and you just get full really quickly. And it's really annoying because you can't eat and (laughs) all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they all did a team fast. And I just thought, like, amazing, you know, like, how how good was that? Like, everyone just gets to kind of take part. It's a fun little challenge. You know, some people were like raising money for charity. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just getting involved. And like you said, like learning. And even if you didn't do it properly, I'm not saying that you, sh- you should take it on half-heartedly, but even if you were to just like drink water all day and just not eat, at least you kind of like did it to kind of understand a little bit why yeah. you do it. And uh, like more than starving yourself, it's about like discipline and, mm thinking of those less fortunate but it is really just like a massive detox like spiritually mentally physically Mm -hmm. and you know like trying not to swear trying not to like bitch all of those little things that like you do day to day it's just kind of like a cleanse so um so yeah that that was really good and I think next year I might try and suggest it to my team but yeah it's just it's just little things like that which is is really good I think 
Amazing. Thank you so much. I don't know if you've got any other questions, Laura, you wanted to ask, but like it's for me, it's been such a, but that's perfect. It's been such a, I think it's such an important conversation, but it's been so lovely to chat and understand more and like, you know, we're definitely on the same page about how we feel about lots of topics. Well, like when I listened to the the other podcast, a couple of them, um, I was just listening and laughing because um, so many of the things that you both were saying, I was like, oh my God, like they're super chilled out. So I don't have to like prepare loads of stuff. Oh and, no. Uh, and, like, <laughs> and when you were talking about like stuff that you send into the shredder, I was like, yes. Yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, do you have anything you want to shred? Because we can we can include that if you want to shred anything. Send the shredder. Yeah. People allowed. <laughs> yeah, people are allowed. <laughs> We're going to send Boris Johnson to the yeah! shredder. Yeah, <laughs> sorted. Get rid of him. Yeah, that's fine. That's perfect. Oh. I'm surprised you haven't stuck him in already, to be honest. But yeah, and, sure. And, and I know, but I try, we try not to be too political on the podcast. We don't want to alienate people that much. But I mean, if you listen to five minutes, you kind of know what vibe we're going for. <laughs> But yeah, it's been amazing to talk. Thank you. Like, thank you, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for your time and sharing all your thoughts. It's been yeah. really good. It's been so good. And hopefully, hopefully people will learn more from it. So thank you so much to Ferdis there for coming on and talking to us. I found that really eye-opening and just enjoyable to learn and hear from somebody in a completely different situation to myself and especially hearing at the end there about what we can do to actually be supportive i hope that you know you've all taken something away from that that we can go and work on and learn from um and obviously you know if anyone's got any comments about their experiences in the same thing please do let us know at the start jess and i mentioned we now have a thriving well nine to five and instagram so get on it or use it as a hashtag whether you're on um twitter or like linkedin or something we will find you if you use that and it would be amazing to hear from you all but moving on then we've hit the the final part of our podcast i really hope that you've enjoyed our 10th episode um so to go out on a really solid affirmative note jess what is our statement of the week so our statement this week is schedule your own personal priorities like you're paid to do them and really what what like what what, this is my own quote you know i'll put it on a t-shirt if you just want it um but what i was thinking about really is like there's so much stuff that i want to do but sometimes i'm not necessarily in the mood to do it or i'm you know i'm not in the right place or whatever or other things become more important and i don't prioritize myself in the way that I should but then I was saying but you know what I work you know 37 and a half hours a week right and I do that because I have to do it like I'm paid that that's just part of my life so I was just wanting to encourage people to the things you want to do schedule them in like you're paid to do them like it's not um it's not like an optional extra it's a habit it's part of you you've got no choice in it so if you want to exercise that's it's part of your life you have to do it if you want to read a book every day you know find the time as if you're paid to do it and make it important in your life because ultimately like outside of work all them other things they're the important things that you know that we want to be doing so put time in and invest in yourself and do them like you're paid to do them do them well do them do them you know do them nice do them for you invest in yourself and do the things that you want to do like you're paid to do them and you'll only ever feel the benefit when you put yourself first love it no i can t-shirts available from next week (laughs) 
No, it's completely true. It's like, you know, we're saying about being able to take on that choice and that maturity mm-hmm. and autonomy when it comes to annual leave and stuff like that. Like, I think we're definitely moving to a place where with all this working from home, people are speaking up and being like, oh, do you know why I love working from home? Because I can take the dog for a walk because that matters to me. Because yeah. I can have a yeah. slower morning and I can read a book because that matters to me. Like, we are definitely starting yeah. to speak up for ourselves and that confidence is just coming out on a really grand scale. And do you know what? I love to see it. That's what I'm all about, becoming the best versions of ourselves. And like, you know, I'm reading a book right now. I'm reading Barack Obama's autobiography. And yet it's interesting, but like, am I necessarily always in the mood to read it? No, but what should I do? I should read it anyway, because I'm trying to read more, trying to learn more, and I'm trying to make myself a priority in my own life. So what's that... um, what that scene in the holiday, Laura, where Kate Winslet? Have you seen the holiday? Please, yeah, that's like my favorite film. Oh, you're not that keen on it. I am. They're just not my. I mean, I like Jack Black. Yeah. Oh well, I love the holiday. It's my favorite film. Um, I do know it, but yeah. But basically, there's that restaurant scene. Kate Winslet's character's Iris, and she's been like in love with this man for like three years, and the old guy says to her like you're acting like the best friend in the movie and you're supposed to be the leading lady in your own life. Yeah. And like, that's what we need to be. Like, don't put yourself on the sidelines. Put yourself in, read the books, go to the gym, you know, eat well, like prioritize. You schedule your own personal priorities like you're paid to do them. And you'll feel you'll feel the dollar benefits from a self-fulfillment point of view. Love it. Thank you so much. We look forward to hearing from you and we will be back again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. And thanks to Evan Digital for the production of this podcast.